up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. I'm your host, virtual marketing coach and fellow creative soul, Miranda Rodriguez. In this podcast, you'll get expert marketing guidance that you can implement on your own, and you'll learn how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. great i have like zero concern nor worry so i'm just i'm ready to i'm ready to go on the ride okay let's do it all right all right everybody welcome back to the marketing for the uninhibited podcast i'm your host miranda rodriguez and today i'm joined by a very special guest and i'm super excited about this her name is mariah magazine and she is an seo strategist and educator And I found her because one of my clients needed SEO help and we were so tired of all these boring dudes on YouTube, like very robotic, very analytical. And we just searched, we're like, there has to be someone out there that we can relate to. And then we came across Mariah and I feel like we've been best friends ever since. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Yay. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Yeah, I'm super, I'm super excited to be here. Also very glad that you found me. Also very glad that I could solve the problem of listening to boring humans talk about website and tech things. That's honestly, that was the biggest reason why I started creating YouTube videos was because I was like, nobody understand, like people that aren't in this field, nobody understands what you're saying. Right. You have to break it down in a way that like, I don't know, my 13 year old niece would get it. Exactly. Because there's so many DIYers out there. So it's not, you can't just assume that these are people who are doing it for like being hired to do it for other businesses. So tell me a little bit more about your background and how you really got started with your business. Oh man. Okay. So like one of my core beliefs in this business is really like, I'm just a firm believer that showing up on Google and making sales doesn't have to be as difficult and as overwhelming as everybody makes it. Right. So I got into the industry in 2015 and I actually started helping people with with, um, website design and development. And then we... (laughs) I would help my clients launch their site. They're super excited. And then they're like, cool, now what? And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, good luck. (laughs) Love you, bye. Um, So I started kind of just exploring for my own business. Just like, okay, like, what can I do? And I was pulled to blogging. And blogging just opened up a portal that I can never go back from. Because it really did open up the door to like online business and online marketing. Because before, the only like visions of success that I knew were from local people in the area. Right. So getting into the online business world, like through blogging and through kind of just like exploring things is how I stumbled on SEO. And it's funny because I literally hated it. It was awful. It was the worst thing ever. I was like, this is for the birds. It's so confusing, whatever. But it's kind of just how I work. I tend to like something comes into my awareness and then I like break it down and then put it back together in a way that works better for me. Right. So that's what I ended up doing with SEO. I would like find Google, like find blog posts on Google that talked about it. And then I was like, what is this really trying to say? Then I would test it with my own site. I ended up testing like my process with clients, 
people loved it. And Mm -hmm. like, I've been educating people on how to DIY it and like show up on Google without hiring this major agency for $1,500 a month. Yeah. Like, because you can do it yourself. Right. But it was like, nobody had the tools for like the middle guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're all, all of the content on Google has been for either created for like high level SEO people to like dig into like technical things, which is super overwhelming for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Or it was SEO agencies creating blog posts to overwhelm you to then push you into their services. And right. I was like, it is really not that hard. Like I, ever since I broke it down in a way that's actually understandable. So that's kind of how I got to where I am in this current moment. I think that, I mean, good for you for sticking with it and figuring it out because I was just like, all right, forget it. This is just not something we're going to focus on right now. You know, and I know for my clients, just given the level of time constraints, you know, and like the level of time you need to dig into this stuff and really figure it out, most of them just push it off. Um, And most of my clients are operating online in some capacity, whether it's just their website or they're selling stuff online. So I do think it's an important part of their marketing strategy, but it's just something like collectively we have all been like, all right, we'll just, we'll do that later. Yep. Yep, exactly. And I think the thing that really drew me to it was like data felt safe to me. Mm. I could look at the data. I feel safe looking at the data. I'm like, these are numbers. These numbers equate to people. And then something that I just, I love solving problems. So I'm literally like, okay, if A plus B equals C, then like, what does this mean for the actual data and for the website? And then I started going from like web development into website strategy and then into SEO. It was, Mm. I'm a slow transitioning human. (laughs) So it was a slow transition. I will say that, but that allowed me to really test and tweak and see what people needed, see what they didn't need, see what worked, see what didn't work. And like, I, this area gives me an in to educate and have conversations with people. And that's what I like. I didn't like sitting behind the computer, creating mock-ups of websites and then hoping that somebody liked it. And if they didn't like it, I would have to explain the website strategy behind it. Right. So when, so before we dive into some of these questions, can you explain some of the terms we were just talking through, like website strategy, SEO, Google analytics, search console, keywords, you know, the whole, the whole thing, because I think people just, they hear SEO and they know like, I should be doing this. And that's what I get a lot. Like, should be, should I be focusing on SEO? And really my answer is unless they have time or the knowledge that we just kind of put it on hold because I need their time in other places or we have other things to focus on before we can worry about messing around with SEO. Yeah. Yeah. That is a completely loaded question, but I am here to dive into all of it. Okay. So basically how I see website strategy is like, you have a website on the internet for a reason. Mm -hmm. The strategy is essentially turning strangers into paying customers, clients, and raving fans. So it's like, how do we strategize this online space, this online, we can call it a brochure, essentially. Mm -hmm. How do we strategize this in a way that positions us as an authority and helps increase our conversion? So helps us hit the goal of having a website to begin with. Right. 
So that is kind of my super brief overview of like what website strategy is. Obviously there is specific web, like strategic things you have to do for SEO on a website. Right. Um, Yeah. There's... So that no, that's fine. We can just briefly define each of them. So website strategy has to do with like your website and is it serving its purpose for you and your business? Yes. And then yes. SEO. Okay. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. Basically, it means that your website is optimized to show in search results like Google. I say like Google because that is the, the search engine that has the biggest market share. Mm-hmm. But when you optimize your site for Google, it's also going to optimize it for other search engines as well. Right. So basically SEO helps you get free and organic traffic from search results on search engines. This like organic compared to the paid ads, the paid ads are Google AdWords. It's not SEO mm-hmm. and it's shown at the top of Google search results. So it's got like that little ad. Mm-hmm. I think it literally says ad next to it. Yeah. I think so, so the reason why I focus on SEO is because those paid ads that you see at the top, they're only clicked about 15% of the time on average. Mm-hmm. In 70, what is it? I can't even do math. 85% <laughs> yeah. um, of the, the clicks are happening on search results. Okay. That's why I think that it's important. So SEO is basically... Your audience is already going to the search engine to try to find a solution to the problem. SEO is how we get Google to recommend you and your website as the solution. To their problem. Yes. Okay, that's good. And we're going to stop on that one there, but we'll come back to it to elaborate on how you can work those words into your website in an authentic way. Mm -hmm. Um, So then the next one is Google Analytics. Okay, yes. So I'm just going to talk about Google Analytics, Google Search Console, kind of in tandem here. So these are the two free basic tools provided by Google that every single website on the entire internet should have connected to their site. If I could go in and put them and connect them for everybody, I would. Right. Um, and so the reason, so the difference is, A, it's free data. Even if you don't want to look at information, even if it's overwhelming you right now, yes. take the 10 minutes, set it up, because in six months, in a year, when you start doubling down on things, you're going to wish that you had data. Okay, yes. so Google Analytics is essentially how people use your website and how they find your website. Mm -hmm. So this is data from social media channels, from paid marketing, from Google, kind of information, how long people are spending on your website, what pages they're going to, yada, yada. Google Search Console is how Google sees your website. Okay. That's the difference. So when you set up Google Search Console, you'll be able to see where you're showing up in, they call it the index. I call it the big filing cabinet. Okay. So just so people can get a visualization because Google has to organize the content on the web somehow. Mm-hmm. So how it does that is it puts it in the filing cabinet somewhere. Right. In order to see where you are in the filing cabinet, you have to have Google search console set up mm-hmm. unless you're going to pay $200 for an SEO marketing tool. Oh my goodness. Okay. But that data is free and it's yours. Right. So you can set it up and you can see it from Google Search Console. Also, when you set up Google Search Console, you'll be able to see any errors that the Google bots are seeing when they're crawling your site. Because if we go back to the filing cabinet, Google bots like to keep that filing cabinet updated. 
So they will periodically recrawl websites, reorganize them. That's when like rankings tend to jump is because the bots have gone through and reorganized things. Okay. So if the bots are going through and they see an error on your site, they're not going to hop over to your contact page and be like, Hey, yo, you got an error. (laughs) You got to fix that. Or you're going to bump down a few spots. Like, no, they're going to show you that error in Google search console. And then it's your responsibility to fix it or don't. And I mean, like, that's totally up to you. So yeah, that is kind of the, the main difference between the two. Okay. And then keywords is the last one, because I know that people get all of these terms confused. So, okay. So keywords are the little pieces of the puzzle that connect the content on your website and help Google organize that content into the filing cabinet. Okay. So as an example, like a keyword could literally be SEO best practices for my website. That's Mm, a keyword. mm -hmm. It's whatever you're typing into Google. That's a keyword. It's a key phrase. Some people think that like, so there's technically keywords and key phrases or key phrases are known as like long tail keywords. Basically that's just a thing because the shorter one word keywords are insanely competitive Mm. and like the the big guys have control over those because they've been around the block for a while. They have an insane amount of website traffic and they produce an insane amount of content. That's why usually for smaller businesses, medium-sized businesses, we like to focus on the longer tail keywords. So it's like showing up for SEO best practices instead of SEO. Also, with keywords, you have to keep user intent in mind. This is a piece of the puzzle that a lot of people like don't bring in when they're doing keyword research. Right. Okay. So user intent, I like to give the example. If you were to go to Google and type in singer, the sewing machine Mm -hmm. comes up. If you were to type in the singer, the movie comes up. So literally how you type in words can completely change up the search results. So like when I was working with a client, she was like, I want to show up for powerful speaker because she was like a, a, um, a coach mm-hmm. to help people with public speaking. And I was like, great, let's Google it and see what comes up. Oh, car audio speakers come up. <laughs> so I was like, that keyword just is not relevant. The user right. intent from what we think to what's actually showing up they don't match. We have to add some words in here. So we, I think we ended up doing like become a powerful speaker. Interesting. So it's how you word things because you, those people that are searching are going to have to do the same thing. If they're searching for your content about become a powerful speaker and they type in powerful speaker, they're going to see car audio speakers. Right. right. And they're going to have to end up adding some words in to get a more specific search result. Mm. So it's like a combination of when it comes to these keywords and key phrases, doing your own research, which you can do for free on Google, just type it in like anyone else would. And then I think that's where empathetic marketing comes in and like understanding your audience too and being like, okay, what would they type in if they get car speakers, it would be become because she's a coach. And so how do I, how do I become a better speaker? Right. Or things like that. And so I think that's really interesting and probably something that we don't do often enough is to just Google the terms that we think are important to our businesses. Yes. That is like one of the biggest rules. I don't even want to say rules, but like one of the biggest tips that I give my clients. 
So I'm really big on collaborating, communication, and educating my clients. Mm-hmm. I want to empower them to not need me forever. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. also like SEO is about infusing SEO friendly habits into the things that you're already doing. Yes. Okay. So once we like, say we set up a foundational SEO, a foundational setup, one of my packages, say we do that. I create an SEO um, report for them. And I literally put in there before you target any keyword for a blog post, a product page, a collections page, a home page. I don't care what page it is. You have to Google it. Yes. You have to. And I feel like we just, we don't. I mean, I don't even either. <laughs> like yeah. I'm guilty of yeah. that too. And I know I, I will have homework after this podcast, um, but is it, why don't we do that? Are we just like assuming things for our clients? We just assume because we have this association with the word that we're using for our business that everyone else is going to have that. Uh, the first thing that slides into my mind is just like, we've already filled out the client avatar. We already know our people. Okay, great. You might know your people, but what about Google? Google's the other piece of the puzzle here. Right. Right. And Google has to provide solutions for literally like every That's different great. kind of perspective. Hmm. This is interesting. Do you ever use, I have a Chrome plugin that will tell you, I forget what it's called, but you type in a keyword and then on the right hand side, it'll pop up like how many people have used that keyword, how many, like how popular that keyword is compared to other related terms. So I, I use, I don't know if I use that specific one, but there yes. is one keywords everywhere. I don't know if that's one you're talking about. Maybe but I don't remember. Keywords everywhere. There's a free version where it doesn't show you the data, but it does show you like other related mm-hmm. key terms. Yeah, that's so, yeah. I think so. I did very briefly for one of my clients and then never again, I ran some Google ads <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just, it was so overwhelming and he is, very religious about his Google analytics and his search console and understanding the keywords, but just, just running the ads and testing the ads, I think is like an entire job in and of itself. And that's why I don't touch Google ads because no, thank you. Like it is, I have too much brain power and understanding the organic way. Also just who I am as a person better aligns (laughs) with like the SEO organic traffic. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, Google AdWords, I think that they're great if you need results right now. Yes. And I think they're a great way to collect data too. Like if you're open to just experimenting and seeing what keywords work or what's more popular, then I think that's a great way to collect data, but also just a lot of time for an experiment. So. Yep. Yeah. And what I do want to note is that if you have run Google ads, you can use the Google keyword planner. Mm. And a lot of people are recommending that for SEO. Mm. That's Google, that's Google AdWord data. That's not organic data, but a lot of people don't realize the difference because like for so long, that was one of the only tools that SEO people could use for keyword research. Mm. So like, it's great to see like the AdWords and like the data and things like that. But like, don't put all of your tennis balls into one bucket with that. Okay. So let's shift gears. Now that we have like a basic level understanding of all of these individual terms, I do have some questions for you that people submitted. So Mm -hmm. 
Number one, probably like the broadest one is what do people need to do to help customers find them on the internet, like on their individual websites? Like how do I, what do I need to optimize? What do I need to like make sure it's popping up so that when someone goes to type in on Google, like custom dining room table, Aurora, Illinois, that your business pops up. So there is nothing quick that you can do. There is no like, just do this and you'll pop up for anything that you've ever wanted in your entire (laughs) existence of life. Um, Because that is SEO. You know what I mean? Like that entire thing is is the process. Okay. But basically what you want to do is you have to know what your people would type into Google. Okay. Like that is the thing that so many people overlook because they'll be like, I want to show up for, I don't know, spiritual coaching business. Mm -hmm. But then I go to their website. They haven't used that phrase on any page, (laughs) but we fall into that because we're like, this is what I associate with my business. This is what people are showing up for. I want to be on page one for that. Okay, great. But like Google has no idea that that's what you want to focus on. So you're not in that section of the filing cabinet. So you're not showing up in search results for it. So you can't target a keyword that isn't reflected in your content. Got it. So if you want to be found for it, you need to be talking about it on your website. Like I don't know how many times I say marketing coach all throughout my website, even in my, like when I post my podcast to my website, you know, even in the notes, the show notes, always marketing coach, marketing coach, marketing coach, because that's what I want to be found for. Like that's what I do. So I want people to search for that. Um, Okay. So that, you know, there's no easy answer for that one. Yeah. But what I would say is there are places that you can put a specific keyword to give Google context clues. This is what on-page content optimization is. Mm. It's optimizing the page for a specific keyword. So just a little tip here. Every page and post on your site should only be targeting one keyword. Oh, this is so interesting. Okay. Okay. So I was going to say, I like to to think of keywords as a triangle. Mm -hmm. At the very top is the absolute number one priority. This is what I want to be found for. This is what you optimize your site for Mm -hmm. because you have to give Google these context clues. So you can't put in four different keywords in all these places because then it looks spammy and Google's like, yeah, okay, I get it. Right. That's why it's only should be targeting one main priority. Okay. But naturally you're going to have secondary phrases that you're showing up for. Right. So this is like, I'm trying to think of an example here. I just did one, um, it was like contracts for small businesses. Mm-hmm. So then like that's one keyword, but then another keyword could be best contracts for small businesses. Mm. So you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's just naturally going to be different phrases and different like little keywords, bigger keywords that you mm-hmm. start to show up for because Google understands synonyms. It understands the main topic and things like that. So it's like, what's the main priority of the page and post? And also, if you like Google views that main keyword as your main topic, aka the main solution that you're offering mm-hmm. the people that are searching for the solution. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So it's so like, 
Yeah. If, if I, sorry. No, this is like so many things to say. (laughs) No, it's great. This is so good. And I have, okay, you go on and then maybe we can like use my website as an example. Okay. So that's why, like, if you're going to be blogging, that's why blogging is so helpful for SEO because it allows you to create different pieces of content that all target a different Mm -hmm. keyword and are like a different subtopic that people would essentially Google search in order to find you as the solution. Right. Okay. So this is, so for my website, I use, I create, I have WordPress. And so when I post a podcast, like each podcast episode on my website has its own blog post page. Like it is through the, does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So for each blog post, which is a podcast, podcast with the audio, but it, you know, and I put the title of the podcast as the title of the blog post. And then whatever that topic is, is what I'm talking about. So if it's like brand awareness or marketing plan or things like that, is that the correct way to do that? Because these are solutions that people would be searching for, like how to create a marketing plan or how, you know, what is brand awareness? Um, things like that. Does, is that right? I don't think that you're going to appreciate my answer. No, I need to know. Tell me. Okay. The truth. So this is a common thing that people with podcasts do. Okay. A common thing is that you create, which I mean, it's normal. Like mm-hmm. everybody is used to like going to the podcast episode show notes on the mm-hmm. website and clickety click, click. And like, this is how, this is how I personally find humans too. Yes. Like I do the same thing. The thing is, if we're bringing Google into the mix, Mm -hmm. it's very unlikely that your podcast episode is going to be the best solution to the problem. Mm, I see. Okay. So what you can do is the podcast episode is a bonus. Mm. So create a blog post outlining, which is going to be your show notes, outlining Mm -hmm. the things, bullet points, headings, things like that, maybe like a thousand words. And then include the audio clip of the podcast because mm-hmm. that's a bonus way to do it. Okay. Also, people that are searching Google are expecting to see written content. Right, right. People searching YouTube are expecting to see videos. But when you combine them, when you have your blog posts and then you incorporate a video or you incorporate like an audio clip or something like that, that includes rich content, which Google likes because you're hitting more like the different kinds of learners. Mm -hmm. But the main thing is like a podcast show notes. That's only what, maybe 600 words. Yeah. That's not enough content to show up on page one. Got it. And it's not enough content for the bots to be able to crawl because the bots aren't listening to your podcast episode and pulling things out. We have to put it in text form to make it crawlable. Is that why some people will transcript their podcasts and then put that, does the bot crawl a transcript? Yes, but that's also not the best solution to a problem. Like nobody wants to read a transcript of an episode. So it's like, consider your episode like a different blog post. Okay. So it's like, like you just said, like how to create a marketing plan. Mm -hmm. That would be the title. You would go through like your intro. You would have bullet points, subsections. Maybe this is like a super kick-ass blog post and it's like 2000 words because like, it's like you're going through a lot. Right. And then you include like that podcast episode about it. Got it. 
And maybe like at the end of the title, you put like episode 33 or maybe you don't, I don't know. It just, it depends on like what other people are doing that are showing up on page one. So like Hmm. before you even use that title, Google it. Oh my gosh. I am not doing enough homework. (laughs) But like nobody's talking about this stuff. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like this is not this this isn't your fault. You're not doing it awful. Like, it's just, that's just the way that podcasting has been done. Right. Which is fine because that's like one marketing stream. But if we want to add Google into the marketing stream, if we want to double down, Mm -hmm. then we have to expand strategy. Right. So I, yeah, I think that's interesting because I always think about with the podcast and this is how, like, as a consumer, I am, like, I listen to the podcast on, Apple podcasts. And then I click like the show notes if I'm interested in reading more. And then that's how I get to the website. It is rare that I'm like searching a topic on Google, hoping to find a podcast. Like I would just go to my podcast app. And so that's, I just always assume people would be clicking from the show notes to get there versus searching. So I guess. And, and like, they might be, and this is where it really comes down to like, what is your priority and how do you want to create content? Yeah. So then when it comes to like in my on WordPress, when you create this thing, you know, they have that section where you can include tags, like on mm-hmm. the side, when you create a blog post, what do the tags do? Tags used to be super big for SEO and they're really not anymore. Okay. Tags used to be how you could in like give Google context clues about like yeah. where to put you in the filing cabinet, okay. but marketers ruined it. And now <laughs> there's so much content on Google that like, we can't rely on what somebody thinks the, the post is about Mm. what tags are really good for is creating an amazing user experience on your site. Okay. Because it's a different way to search your content. Got it. So I like to think as think about categories and tags, they're two different things. Categories are like the chapters of a book. Mm. The tags are the index. Okay. So it's like, we can talk about one topic in numerous categories, in numerous chapters. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. So then when you do your tags, I always include a couple that are like, like marketing uninhibited is in all of them. But then I, so there's like a couple that I use all the time. And then I always make it topic specific. Is that yes or no? I mean, like it depends. Like, what's your domain name? Is your domain name marketing marketing uninhibited? Yeah. Then I like that tag isn't really doing very much because your website is like already called that. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you don't have to like if you're gonna tag every single one with WordPress, you probably don't have to because your other content, like your titles, your blog posts, Mm -hmm. your homepage, your about page, Mm -hmm. are all gonna say that. Okay. That makes sense. So it's more of like um, an organization mm. type thing. So it's like, let's say if I create a blog post about like the best social media platforms to use for marketing, mm-hmm. I that category would be social media marketing. Mm. The tag would be Pinterest. Oh, interesting. You know what, like breaking yeah. it down, but also yeah. I can like, if I'm talking about Pinterest SEO, like maybe I file that under the SEO category tagged Pinterest. Mm, okay. That makes a lot of sense. So then knowing this information now, and for anyone listening, who's like, oh shit, like I have work to do, <laughs> you know? So how, 
important is it to go back and tweak some of like, let's say my older blog posts and podcast episodes, like taking your advice or just moving forward, implementing these things? It depends. Like how big of a priority is one of those pieces of content? Right. Are one of those pieces of content a main priority? Are you looking in Google Search Console, seeing that you're on page three for something and like now you want to go in and re-optimize that so that maybe you okay. can get to page one? So it depends. Okay, so then, but it depends on your own priorities and your goals. So like if you have, um, let's say I have a client who they introduce like a new revenue stream. So they're talking about this all the time now, like this is their thing. And they have kind of stepped away from their main business, which was optimized on their website, let's say with blog posts and everything. And now they're like, okay, we want to focus on this thing. So we're going to make sure that we're optimizing because we want to get to page one in Google for this thing. So we're focused on this right now. Yes. But also, yeah. So the priority moving forward. Also keep in mind, there's just like little tidbits of just like, wait, but don't forget about me. Yeah. So (laughs) this tidbit, it's kind of like Google only has a certain amount of time that they will spend crawling your website. Mm -hmm. You have a crawl budget. So if your website has a hundred blog posts Mm -hmm. and like, let's say that you have some blog posts that if you check in your Google analytics, you check in your Google search console, literally has not had like any traffic or like a small amount of traffic, you can delete those. Oh, really? But you have to 301 redirect it Mm -hmm. just in case. Yeah. So like as long as that blog post isn't showing up on Google, it's not getting any traffic from like social media, it's basically dead and you're not focusing on that topic anymore, you can delete it. Interesting. And then on your website, you... You wouldn't. You could archive it, like on your end, if you wanted to save the content for later or whatever, and just yeah. have it out there to the public. Okay, that's all really helpful information. I feel like we could end this now. Everyone <laughs> would be fine. But I want to get these questions answered. So we we got to that one. So now, and I feel like I already know what your answer is going to be. But let's talk about SEO results. So someone asked me to ask you how long they have to wait for SEO results. So let's say. Let's say they are doing this correctly and they are pushing, they have a priority that they are focusing on on their website, in their content, their blog posts, with their tags, like one keyword phrase. And it's not, maybe it's not showing results. Like how long do, until they give up, if they switch priorities or say, okay, this isn't working? Such a loaded I know. Such a loaded question. Okay. I'm or, just gonna, okay, so, well, maybe if you want to answer it or another way maybe is like, where would they even find that information, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go through what I've seen with my clients. Okay. Okay. So a lot of the times my clients will come to me and they'll be like, yo, Mariah, I know the SEO is important. I don't feel like doing it. Can you right. help me out? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I feel like that's going to be the biggest takeaway. It's like, how do we pay Mariah? How does she handle all this? Okay. So a lot of people think if they've never focused on SEO before, they're nowhere in the filing cabinet. Right. Not true. Google has to organize you. You're somewhere in the filing cabinet. As long as you can be crawled, which is a technical thing, and we could have a whole episode on that. We won't talk about that today. Okay. So as long as you can be crawled. Mm 
So, and just an example, before I started focusing on SEO, I was on page six for the phrase, what does the name Mariah mean? <laughs> okay. okay. So like I was showing up on Google, but like, yeah, nobody, it was because the, the name Mariah is literally all over my site and Google bots are like, we don't know where to put this girl, like toss her over there. Okay. So, wait, let me pause you there. So how did you find out that information from Google, Google search? Com- yes. Com- okay. Yes. So the first thing that we have to do is set up an SEO foundation. It's the same thing as like a foundation of a house. Mm-hmm. Your foundation has to be set. Otherwise, everything else you do, optimizing your content and getting backlinks. So like being a guest on podcasts and having them backlink mm-hmm. to your website, doing all of that, the results are going to slip through the cracks because you have other things on your website that aren't fixed. Mm-hmm. Meaning you have like, Google doesn't even know where you are in the filing cabinet. Right. But now you want to like jump ahead, jump ahead for what? What does the name Mariah mean? Like that's not helping you. Right. So you have to set up an SEO foundation. So that's like doing keyword research, checking in on some technical things, running some reports. Where are you? Where do you want to be? All of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times after I set up an SEO foundation for clients, they'll start to see results. So like higher click-through rates, and being put in the right section of the filing cabinet, they'll start to see results within a month. Got it. Okay. But when we talk, that's the like phase one. Mm. Phase two is like, okay, I want to create a blog post. It's growth strategies. Right. Once your site is set up, you're like, okay, I know the focus. I know the strategy. I got Google Analytics set up. I got Google Search Console up. Mm -hmm. Like I'm ready to put fire put gasoline on this fire. Yes. Okay. So then we go into phase two, which is like, okay, we're showing up on page three. I want to get to page one for this specific keyword mm. or like, I want to start creating more content around my goals because I've already figured out what keywords I want to target. So like, it depends on the phase. Mm. Okay. It depends. Mm. It also depends on the competition. Is your competition like the New York times? Right. Is it a bigger blogger that has been around for a long period of time is super well known? Or is it kind of like smaller people? Mm -hmm. If it's smaller people, it's likely that if you optimize your content correctly and, you know, do some other things that like you should be able to jump within a few months. Okay. So if you're not jumping within the first six months or the first month, if you're in phase one, then there's a problem, right? There's like, that's a red flag. So you need to hire we need someone. context clues. Yeah. You have to give Google, like phase one is literally context clues. Okay. Fixing technical errors and context clues. Technical errors kind of wraps back in website strategy. Right, right. And then phase two, growth strategies. You fix all the errors. You're ready to grow. This is similar to like the marketing coaching process. Phase one is foundation building. We're figuring out your foundation. We're figuring out your goals, your mission, your brand pillars, all that stuff. And then in phase two, we can grow together because now I know you have a solid foundation and there aren't. you're ready for growth. So it's very similar to that. Um, okay, so that's helpful for that one. And I think we're just going to keep it moving. <laughs> So, because I feel like any, any one of these could be their own topics. So the next question we have then is, and I feel like maybe we've already covered this, but you let us know, what are the biggest mistakes you see new business owners make on any of the above topics like SEO analytics? I think the biggest mistake I see 
is that people or with my clients, at least like they don't even have Google analytics set up. And I know part of that is because they're overwhelmed um, or they don't understand it, but it's free. So I agree with what you said earlier. It's just at least get it set up so that data is there when you're ready to go back and use it. Um, yeah. I'll let you. Yep. So I would say that. Okay. Okay. So that would be like the number one biggest mistake is like a lot of people don't have Google Analytics. And if they do have Google Analytics, they don't have Google Search Console set up. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. the next, the next thing is that like their website strategy and their content marketing is very unclear. Right. So like people have been told in the blogosphere, create content once a month so that Google knows that you're fresh. And I say, no, that doesn't even like logically make any sense to me. (laughs) Because like Google doesn't care about fresh content. Google wants better content. They want quality content. There's 3.5 million pieces of content published a day on Google. Google doesn't care about your website being fresh. Google wants you to put some effort into the content to give the people that are coming to Google the solution that they need. Google's a business. Mm -hmm. Google wants people to continue to use Google. So Google wants to recommend websites as the solution Mm -hmm. that best fit what the person typed in. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time, so people will be creating these content and they'll be like, I created a piece of content about like how to not get burnt out in business. And I'm using this because this was me. That was my blog post. I I'm created, sure I have one too. Like how to not get burnt out yeah. in business. Literally had nothing to do with website design, website development, website strategy, or SEO. Mm-hmm. So Google's like, uh, we're going to put her on page five for burns. Like, I don't, I don't even know. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, being vague. Yeah. And like, nobody's, typing in vague things to Google, even when we're shopping. I'm not typing in high heels. I'm typing in pink high heels to wear for a bridesmaid's dress. Yes. Yes. Okay. So this is like, goes back to the, it's an age old marketing thing, which is to just get more specific. And people are afraid to get specific because they don't want to lose out on the other people. But actually by not being specific, you're just burying yourself and all of the other people who are vague. Like you're not standing out, you're not picking a lane and you're not running with it. And I think this is so interesting how it just all ties back together with marketing. It does. And I want people to know that like SEO isn't flooded. Right. Like it's not flooded. There isn't too many people there, especially for these more specific terms, especially Mm -hmm. for small business owners and for online business owner topics. Mm -hmm. Every time I work with a client, either on an SEO foundational setup or I have an SEO power hour. Right. When I work with people on those and like in the SEO power hour, we'll do keyword research together. And I watch the reactions when they see the gaps in the market. They're like, holy shit. I didn't realize that this would be so easy to rank for. I go, yeah, because you were focusing on ranking for marketing. Which is so competitive. Which is so vague. Like if I type in marketing, what kind of marketing am I looking for? Am I looking to hire somebody? Am I looking to learn it myself? Which platform? Like it's not specific enough. And the searcher will realize that it's not specific enough. And they'll turn their keyword into a more specific keyword. Mm. Also, Mm. these blog posts... What is the point of them? Me writing a blog post about like how to prevent burnout. What's the point? That's not leading anybody to become like a raving fan of mine, to come into my community, to like, 
to, I don't want to say only be funneled towards my services, but like be funneled towards my services, Mm -hmm. get on my email list. Like that piece of content is fluff in the wind that like, isn't doing me any favors. Right. Even if I do show up on page one for it, because those people are probably looking for like some kind of coach, some kind of mentor. And I'm over here like, nope, you need a new website. All right. So that was good. Um, been very helpful. So I feel like honestly, the solution to most of this, because business owners, they can try to DIY it, but it would be worth it to have a power hour with you. So we'll get there, but let's run through the other questions. Um, so forget the, that one. Let's just go to Google analytics. So when you are, you have Google analytics set up and you're marketing because your marketing coach tells you to at least get it set up in Google search council, then what do they, because I have like a very limited understanding of Google analytics. So I can go through and show them like, this is where you can understand more about your audience. You can learn like, are they on their cell phone? Are they on their laptop? Where did they come from? Look at the behavior flow, like on your website, like where did they drop off and then try and understand why. So I did that for my own website, because I noticed that people were getting to my sales page and then dropping off like in droves. And so I hired a copywriter to do my sales page because, and now like, and so when you do that, they should be staying on your sales page longer, ideally, right? Or like clicking through to a service or inquiring, taking action in some way. Um, So I guess my question would be like, what are the basics that they should be looking at just to have awareness of their business? I think the number one thing that is so important is where is your website traffic coming from? Mm -hmm. That is like your acquisition called acquisition in the cute little left-hand corner Mm -hmm. menu acquisition. Where are people coming from? Because if you're spending a shit ton of time on Pinterest and you're having two people show up from Pinterest, there's an issue. Right. And then you can see like, okay, if all of my people are coming from Instagram and I'm spending all of my time on Pinterest, then you have a problem there. So now you can shift and you can spend more time on Instagram with your your marketing and your content and your face and all that good stuff. Yes. Also keep in mind, I'm pretty sure it's on that same report. How much time are people spending from each platform? A lot of the time you'll see, oh, I'm having a ton of people from Facebook. Oh, they're only spending 10 seconds on my website. Whatever, either my people aren't on Facebook, I'm not hitting my people correctly. The content I'm putting on Facebook isn't resonating for that platform. Interesting. Okay. So we want to take note of like, it's dwell time. Dwell time. So then it's like, okay, if I'm having a decent amount of people come from Instagram, but they're spending four minutes on my website. I'm doing something right on Instagram. So maybe I just need to like expand my brand awareness on Instagram. Right. Right. Which then I can help you do as your marketing coach. We can put a plan together that we can like make everybody happy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I would say that that is like, if you only look at one report, just look at that. The next thing is like, what pages are getting the most traffic? Right. So I think that's under behavior, mm-hmm. landing pages, like what pages on your website are getting the most traffic? Mm-hmm. Take a look at those. A lot of this, if you're good at Pinterest, a lot of the times your blog posts are going to be pretty high. Right. I remember when I first started looking at Google Analytics, I was shook 
<laughs> that so many people were looking at my about page. Wow. I was like, nobody cares about my about page. Nobody cares. And then I saw that and I was like, oh my God, people care about me. And like, yeah. I reworked my entire about page and turned it into more of like a sales page, mm-hmm. getting pain points and then adding information about me. Oh yeah. See, this is all such great information because then from these reports from Google Analytics, then you can determine what next steps to take. It's just mm-hmm. like you can trust that to make educated decisions and act, take action within your business. And when it comes to time spent on a given page, what is a good, like what's a time they want to aim for? Like what's a good, is there a good time? Like, I mean, it depends than- on the kind of content that's on your page. Like your homepage is t- like usually like a jump off point. Right. So it's unlikely that like you have huge blocks of tech like text on there. Mm-hmm. So it's unlikely they're going to be spending like six minutes on your homepage. Okay. Okay. It depends on the kind of content. Okay. Blog posts usually have more time spent on page because people are reading, people are engaging. Mm. Right. Services page. It, it depends. I will say that a metric that was floating around, I don't know who did the research on it, but they said that most of the people on page one are on average three minutes spent Mm. on page. So this is an SEO ranking factor. Okay. Time spent on page. It's called dwell time. So it's basically Google wants, Google judges your site on it because it's essentially like, are people getting what they need? Are they spending time? Is this a valuable resource? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because Google wants to make the people that are searching Google happy. And that is one thing that they look at to see if the searchers are happy. So when it comes to your website content, it seems like when you're creating, in addition to like keeping your target audience in mind and like, are you delivering value? Like, is this solving a problem? Is this a solution for Google and like someone coming to Google and really thinking that through rather than just like throwing up a random topic to stay fresh or to get words on your website, right? I love, I love stay fresh. Um, (laughs) Okay. So yes. Also not every page on your website is meant to be found on Google. Mm -hmm. Your contact page, not meant to be found on Google. So it's like, keep that in mind. But like, even though it's not meant to be found on Google, it doesn't mean that you don't need a contact page because like other pages help with the user experience. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind too. Okay. This is great. So then I think You answered the last question. I mean, and we've come to the hour. So is there anything else you want to add or anything relevant that you think we should know aside from all of the knowledge you just dropped on us? (laughs) Um, Google SEO is a testing and tweaking thing. So just like it is, it really is. We have to see, because a lot of the times, if you try to optimize a blog post, a services page, whatever, for a certain content, uh, a certain keyword, Google Mm -hmm. might see that and then put you in the index under something else that you didn't even know, but is also relevant. Right. That's why checking Google search console is so important. How is Google seeing my website? Where is Google putting me in the index? Am I okay with that? Did I realize that that was a thing? Do I have to go back? Like, it's just, we, unfortunately, we have to play the Google game. Right. 
Yeah, there's no other way around it. So I think everyone's takeaway right now, if you don't have Google Analytics and Google Search Council, make sure you do that. It really does take like 10 minutes and you can do it. Um, and then from there, how do they work with you? Because And where can they find you to ask questions? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So if you do have to set up Google Analytics and Google Search Console, if you're just like, oh man, I haven't even done it, you can download my roadmap to successful SEO. So that's over at mariahmagazine.com slash roadmap. That roadmap, I link to the exact tutorials that you talked about that you found me on YouTube for, yeah. um, that walk you through the process of setting all of this up so you don't have to ask any questions. I literally take you step by step. That roadmap also goes through the six parts of having successful SEO. Hmm. And it goes through what's going to happen if you miss a step. And then I give five things that you can do to improve your SEO. So if you're just like, let me just marinate with this information real quick, like download that and kind of see where it takes you. Yeah. Um, if you want to do some keyword research with me personally, if you want to strategize like where you're showing up in Google, if you want to do some competitor research, mm -hmm. if you want to figure out blog posts that are going to actually work on Google, Basically, the SEO Power Hour is a one-hour consulting session with me. We tackle a roadblock that you need help with. So some clients even use it for like an SEO audit. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I don't really know what to do. Please help. And yeah. <laughs> I'm totally down for that because I'm just, I love problem solving. So that's one of my most popular services. And then if you're just like, listen, Mariah, I don't want to even think about this stuff, then the SEO foundational setup is perfect. You can find out all of the information on my website, mariahmagazine.com. And I also have an Instagram, Mariah Magazine Studio, where I, I don't know, post some things sometimes. So yeah, yeah come <laughs> say hi. I like your Instagram and honestly, your YouTube channel. It's just, it's so helpful. So download the roadmap and then check out her YouTube videos as well. They were, they really like, they came through for us. We were sharing them around like, oh my gosh, we found <laughs> it. This is awesome. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate all the knowledge you shared with us. And I hope to have you back on here soon. Yeah. Thank you so much. I had a lot of fun. I'll talk to you guys later. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode, including our daily journal prompts, short mini episodes to help you get your marketing mindset right for the day. And if you're ready to commit to leveling up your marketing skill set, to growing your business, and to changing your life for the better, visit marketinguninhibited.com to schedule your free 30-minute consultation. Now go kick some marketing ass.